0: I'm Kaylee Moore. And I'm Emma Samasco.
1: Welcome to Freelance Writing Coach, your go-to podcast for building a freelance writing business. In each
0: 20-minute episode, we'll do a deep dive into one area of business with the hope that our insights as successful freelance writers will educate and inspire you.
1: Writing online is a career fast track, but with over 203 million freelance writers worldwide, it's easy to get lost in the pack. So how can you stand out? Peak Freelance gives you the tools to find better clients, raise your rates, and focus on doing work you enjoy. Access a supportive community of like-minded freelancers and experienced writers who make a living writing. All Access members unlock a library of resources, templates, and interviews with content pros like me to grow and scale your business. There's never been a better time to invest in your freelance writing business. So are you ready to take the leap? If so, visit peakfreelance.com slash membership and use the code FWC10 to get 10% off an all-access membership.
0: As a freelance writer, one of the chief concerns is getting the word out about what you do. Because after all, if someone knows that you're a freelance writer and you're providing those services to people, they need to know about them, right? You need to be out there. And one of the ways that I have seen people doing an excellent job of this is via LinkedIn. Like Twitter, we had another episode on Twitter, but LinkedIn is basically like another social media platform. That can really propel your freelance business forward. So, we're going to chat about it today. Admittedly, we're not like e- neither of us would call ourselves a LinkedIn superstar, but we know about others who are. So, we want to talk a little bit about what we're seeing happening on LinkedIn. So, maybe you can get inspired and figure out how to make the network work for you. So, Kaylee, I'd love to hear from you. Like, what is your experience of LinkedIn? Like, what are your thoughts on it high level?
1: Okay. So I have one. I use it. I check it regularly. I really just kind of syndicate posts that I post on Twitter over there. I am not like a power user. I have not seen like a huge benefit from using it for my business. I do occasionally have people reach out. I do occasionally use it for reaching out to sources who maybe aren't on Twitter who I want to talk to for an article. But really beyond that, like I don't have a lot of expertise on LinkedIn. So I'm going to defer to you and the stories that you have for this episode. What's your personal experience been though so far? Yeah. So I found LinkedIn to be incredibly
0: helpful in reaching certain audiences. I find that in many ways, it's a better tool for me than Twitter is. And that's not a knock on Twitter. Like I think anyone listening, if you want to hear about how to use Twitter, we have an episode on that because Kaylee even though you're not sort of seeing the amazing results on LinkedIn, you have had, I think, those results on Twitter. For me, I think the ability to write longer form on LinkedIn is a better fit for me than Twitter. Like, I always feel like on Twitter, I just have these like nuanced ideas that I can't fit into the 140 character limit or whatever the character amount is. And LinkedIn allows me to explain things a little bit more, I find those long form posts I write on LinkedIn do really well. I feel like I can express my personality. I like the comment system, like just that you can sort of read everyone's and respond to them directly in a way that is more streamlined than Twitter. But I've seen some success there. Like I find that it's really helpful for people often look me up there, find me there. It's a great place for me to have like a ton of reviews and recommendations. That's like one of the main benefits of LinkedIn. I do think, though, that like I also wouldn't consider myself a LinkedIn power user, but I do know a couple of people who are. And so the people I want to highlight today that I think our listeners should look out for on LinkedIn is Nicole Isaacowitz. So she is a freelance Copywriter. She writes websites mostly. And her name is spelled, just for anybody who's who's listening, her name is spelled M-I-C-H-A-L. That's the first name, Michal. And then Isaacowitz is E-I-S-I-K-O-W-I-T-Z. And she writes these like amazingly charismatic, interesting posts about writing, about websites, about all of the stuff. She has like a ton of engagement. She has said, I've heard her speak on the topic. She has said that LinkedIn has been her like number one source of referrals and leads. And that she often has so many leads coming in from LinkedIn that she will stop posting on LinkedIn because she's like, there's too much. And then she knows what she, she said to me, I know what I can do. If I want more clients, I can basically turn this back on and start doing this again. So she is someone where like, if you go to her profile, you look at the kinds of things that she's been posting, you'll see, you'll see how people are engaged with her. I think she, I'm going to look now, she has almost 15,000 followers on LinkedIn I think she's run trainings on it. So she is, and she's wonderful. So that's why I'm singing her praises. So she's somebody definitely to look out for. There's another person named Leah Neaderthal and that's Leah L-E-A-H. And then Neaderthal is N-E-A-D-E-R-T-H-A-L. And her pitch isn't to freelance writers. She says that she like helps women land higher paying clients in the B2B consulting space. So like she helps all consultants, but a lot of the advice that she offers is specific to LinkedIn as well. And she actually has a course. I feel like I'm like being a shell for these people, but that's really not what I mean. I'm just trying to give people resources.
1: I'm curious, Emma, as you pull these examples and you talk about them, like what is the number one thing that jumps out at you about their approach being super effective?
0: Yeah. So I think that's a good question. One is consistency. So I've seen both of them, even though I talked about how Michal will like turn it off, both of them are like incredibly consistent in a way that has always been difficult for me on LinkedIn. So I'm not sure how much they're posting like a day per week or whatever, but they're very consistent with creating posts. They're also very consistent with engaging with other posts. So they go on LinkedIn, just like you've talked about on Twitter. They comment on other people's stuff. They they're very engaged there. So that's number one is like consistency. And I guess number two, maybe is sort of like engagement, which would be commenting on other people's stuff. And then the other thing I think, like the number three is kind of targeting. And we, ta- we also talked about this in the Twitter episode is like, I feel like they're both about something. They have the same message and the same services that they're talking about kind of over and over again, right? Like they're talking, like Leah talks about all these different strategies for getting paid more as a B2B consultant. And Mikal has all of these strategies for how to write a better website and how to think about website copy. And they kind of just like hammer in on those messages over and over and over again on the platform. So I actually feel like the strategy is not that different from what we talked about
1: on Twitter. It's just that it's on a different platform, right? And I've seen so many people on Twitter talking about the opportunity that exists on LinkedIn and that there's so much engagement. If you're like doing what you said, where you're being consistent, you're talking to people, you're commenting on their posts, just that it's kind of ripe for the taking. So it's interesting to hear that. Yeah, the thing that I think is
0: really powerful about LinkedIn, which I alluded to earlier, is just that like people are on there for work. And like when I'm on Twitter, like I am on there for work because I think it's better for it to be for work. But I'm always torn on Twitter because I'm like, I also want to be a comedian on Twitter, right? Like I have another alter ego as working, well, not working, (laughs) as a hobby doing stand-up comedy. And it's like half of me wants to like throw away my professional Twitter account and just like write jokes on there, right? Because lots of comedians do that on Twitter. Um, But I've made this choice to keep it professional. But I always feel that push and pull on Twitter whereas on LinkedIn it's like well obviously it's going to be about work. Like that's what it's for and I feel like everyone that's coming there is coming there for that reason they're networking, they're trying to find work. Like I guess the the difference that I see is like if I were looking for to hire someone for any job, I would not first go to Twitter personally. I would go to LinkedIn because I'm like that's where all the people who are identifying as graphic designers are like There, that's like the professional social network. Whereas on Twitter, I think you can like curate a community of that, but it's also like, there's a comedian, there's reporters, um, there's politicians, there's like, I mean, there's everybody, right? And I think all of those people are on LinkedIn too, but the lens is just through professional and for business. And I guess I feel like in life, having that kind of structure is more helpful for me.
1: Yeah. If social media is a cocktail party, those are two very different parties. And I think that's kind of a a good way to look at it. It's like, if you're going to a networking event, which one do you want to go to really? Like it depends on what your, your end goal is. And if you're on Twitter, you can do a lot of the same things that you can accomplish on LinkedIn, but it, it is a different environment just kind of as an overarching umbrella.
0: Yeah. No, I think you're right about sort of the, what, which cocktail party do you want to go to, or how do you like want to act at each cocktail party so like when i was saying about twitter where i'm like well i am my professional self but i wish i could just be a comedian at the cocktail party i think that's maybe a legitimate feeling on my part because i'm like oh i don't really get to be like my full self on twitter and maybe none of us really get to be our full selves on any social media i think it's like my biggest problem with it because you do kind of need to have a message if you're going to use it for work i think even if you're a comedian then you to use it for work, you need to be creating like all kinds of comic content all the time, right? Like I have a lot of trouble with the consistency, with posting enough, with, I mean, it's something that I struggle with. I think that's why I wouldn't call myself like a social media expert. Like I feel like I don't have the stamina for it. Like I see people making these like TikToks and reels. This is getting off topic from LinkedIn, but I do think it's kind of relevant. And I'm like, I have no idea how anyone has like the time or stamina to like make a reel. Like if I made a comic reel every day, I probably would have more of a following as a comedian, right? But like, I don't even know how to operate my phone to like create that.
1: Well, I think one thing kind of on that same vein that's interesting is I am seeing a lot of people put out more video content on LinkedIn and that seems to be really effective. Number one, because it auto plays, right? So you're kind of sucked in if it's got a good opener right off the bat. I don't know if the algorithm is, prioritizing that type of material over other types of posts, but it seems to do pretty well. And then the other thing I'm seeing is like a lot of people are just copying and pasting their pithy little threads and stuff from Twitter onto LinkedIn and they are going bananas. So posts without links in the actual body of the post itself, just kind of plain text posting on LinkedIn gets a ton of engagement.
0: Yeah, yeah. I think the LinkedIn algorithm prioritizes things that without posts. And LinkedIn has become a little bit polluted where like people are like posting about their new babies. Not that there's anything wrong with a new baby, but it's like people are like posting stuff that's like pretty off business stuff. They'll tell like some long story and then connect it back to business, right? But I do think you're right. Like having the plain text, having a, putting a link in the comments rather than the direct body, like the algorithm seems to prioritize that a lot. Yeah, no, I, I think you're right about the video videos though, auto playing, that's seems like videos are are everywhere, really.
1: <laughs> Another strange phenomenon that I'm seeing is people will take a screenshot like of a tweet that I sent out on Twitter and turn it into a graphic and post it and then be like, discuss. And it'll get a ton of engagement. So while it sucks because they're not really attributing me, they're just kind of using the screenshot of the thing that I said. This happens like multiple times every week and it gets a ton of comments. So that seems to be wildly effective too.
0: I think there's like a ton of strategies. I feel like if you just spend a lot of time on LinkedIn and look at what's going on and what's getting engagement and you start following some people that are like LinkedIn experts or, or just people that have large followings, you'll start to see... What works and you could figure out how to develop your own strategy for it. I do feel like we've talked a lot about like how to get engagement on LinkedIn, but I think there's like some basics that are really important because I work with like my coaching clients. I always look them up on LinkedIn before we work together. And I often feel like their LinkedIn profiles are really lacking. And it's like, I think Like lots of people are missing the basics and some of the basics are obvious, like you should have a really good photo. Some of the basics are not so obvious, which is like, you should have a really good about section. Like you should have a very deliberate like title. You should make sure that your profile is like open to work or providing services. Like there's a number of things that LinkedIn has done to get you recognized as as a freelance writer. So like take advantage of that and then i think I've, i we haven't discussed this but i've also seen like not just sort of promoting a long form post or something i also have seen coaching clients who are getting like tons of clients from doing cold pitches on linkedin so like they'll find someone cuz it's like it's also like an excellent tool for finding like content marketing managers so they're like doing stuff like Finding content marketing managers and being like, I'm a freelance writer. Like, I want to write for your company. I mean, they do it in a savvier way than that. But like, I think if you have LinkedIn in whatever it's called, you can pay to be able to like message basically anyone. So you have like a really direct channel to reaching people in a way that you don't via email.
1: Yeah. Or even Twitter. Yeah. Or even Twitter. Because you can search by job title at different companies. So you can get a direct line to the person you're trying to reach.
0: Yeah, like if you search content marketing managers right now, I just did it just to see, there are 2.57 million results, over two and a half million results. Um, there's somebody, content marketing manager at Sovos, content marketing manager at LinkedIn, content marketing manager at Haggerty, content marketing manager at Crossbeam, content marketing manager at Bloomreach. Like my point here is that <laughs> like, if you know who you're targeting, then you like suddenly have like a huge list of prospects on LinkedIn. And so that's why people are like, are successful. It's not like you can just go and spam all of those people, right? Which people do every day. (laughs) Which people do every day, yeah. And like, that isn't what I would recommend. But like, I think if you sort of are creating like a list of companies you might wanna write for, you're looking at what these people do and you're trying to get a sense of it. It really is like, that's what the cocktail party is. Everybody's wearing their name tag, you know? Ooh, I like that metaphor. That's a good one. Yeah. Like the the name tag is directly related to work and really not much else on LinkedIn.
1: So let's then, speaking of things not to do, let's talk about some of the like things people do on LinkedIn, but maybe should not do. Like what are some of the things you've seen that are just kind of gross?
0: Well, I think one thing I've seen is like people just not having their profiles up to snuff. Like, please like have a professional picture. Like it's not that hard. Well, maybe it is that hard, but like having like a good, clear, uh, high quality photo of yourself that's professional goes a long way. Make sure the whole profile is filled out. Like I think that is like step one. And then in terms of behavior, I think people that are like really not deliberate and they they like sort of, there's like a trendy thing on LinkedIn where people will write like, one word per line. So they will be like, or like one phrase. So they will be like, I went to the store, dot, dot, dot. There was a man, like line. There was a man, line. There, like that stuff is like annoying and just makes you seem like everybody else. And then I think people are also use it to be like super self-promotional. Like they'll share, like they'll like talk about their course over and over and never post anything about anything else. There's things like that. I personally don't like all the personal content like I could really do without seeing the new babies on LinkedIn. And like, I would probably get flack for that because I've seen those kind of discussions. It's like people will write these posts that are like, I'm so grateful my company gave me a really long paternity leave. And it's like a picture of them with their baby. And I'm like, I don't care. Like, I'm like, I don't want to see that. Like, I, like, good for you. But like, I guess though, the reason that I don't want to see it isn't because I don't like, like new babies. It's because it feels just kind of like bragging. It's a little bit the wrong party, but it's like, it's definitely like my company is so awesome. And it's like, okay. Like, it just doesn't feel authentic to me, but I don't know. I'm I again, I'm not like queen of the castle on LinkedIn. So who am I to say, maybe I should be posting pictures of my son on
1: there. I don't know. I think that it can be great if you use it the right way. Like a couple of things that stick out in my mind that I've seen where I was like, oh, wow, that's really cool. I haven't seen this on another social platform is like people who are internal to companies talking about campaigns that they've put out or like really cool partnerships that they've teamed up with people on. I feel like because of the tagging feature there, you have a lot more bandwidth to reach people. As far as like on Twitter, you're limited by characters, but there, if you have a little bit more to say, you have more lands or landscape this is not the right word. Real estate. You have more real estate. Yeah, you have more real estate to talk about it. So it is good for that. Yeah, I feel like
0: with like, just like any platform, like Twitter, LinkedIn, Instagram, if you want to be like super successful on it, you need to kind of have a consistent message and a consistent presence. I do think that LinkedIn is a place that your clients will go to look you up. So regardless of how much you want to use it for how important it is for you, you do want to have like a decent looking profile. Like even if you decide that you don't want to post that it's not super important to you. Like, I think that's fine, but I think it is a place like, un- I feel like if you're not on Twitter, like whatever, like the client is not going to look for you there, but I do feel like they'll go and look for you on LinkedIn. And like I said, it's a great place to have recommendations. And I ask my clients regularly to give me a recommendation on LinkedIn so that they can all be in one place so that if someone comes and looks me up, they see them all lined up there. Like it's,
1: it's such amazing social proof of the work that I did. Right. And it feels like a very appropriate place too. it is the place to talk about things that are happening in your career or things that you're proud of, or, you know, events that you're going to be part of. I feel like LinkedIn is just the social network that most naturally lends itself to those types of posts and conversations.
0: Yeah. And I don't think like in doing this episode, we're sort of trying to be like, LinkedIn is a magical place. You all have to be there. Same with even our Twitter episode. Like I think for all of these things, you kind of put in what you get out, right? But LinkedIn is like an important place to be. It is worth some time and attention. Like at minimum, you got to have a good photo and a description of what you do on there. And then I think I talked a little bit about Michal and Leah. I think they're great resources to look at just to see what they're doing and what they're posting, but there are plenty of others that you could find too.
1: Yeah. I think just to kind of wrap things up here, the answer when it comes to LinkedIn is like, you do you, right? None of these social platforms, it's not required for you to be active there or consistently post there to have a wildly successful career. There are certainly people who've done that, but... Again, like don't bend over backwards trying to be the master of any certain social platform because it's it's only one small piece of the larger puzzle. Yeah, absolutely. Thanks so much for listening to this episode of the Freelance Writing Coach Podcast.
0: If you want more tips, tricks, and resources for building your business, visit FreelanceWritingCoachPodcast.com.